What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Pazabon, and with me, as always, is Jordan Belinsky. Hello. And Aaron Balacho. Hi. Oh, they're squishing. <laughs> All right. And uh, you are listening to part four of episode eight of VGM Generations, where we are going through our top boss themes, boss music. Boss battles. <laughs> boss battles. Boss titles. Boss title theme. Boss and music. It's all whatever. about bosses. It's all about bosses. Yeah. Like a boss. All right. Hashtag like a boss. Uh, yeah. So we're on part four. So it's back to me for to run down my fourth and final pick. And we have a pick from what was largely considered for the longest amount of time, the greatest game of all time. Now, we may hear later in this episode that that has changed, but <laughs> to yes. me, it's still probably the greatest game of all time. Uh, and that is, of course, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Now, if you, both of you want to tell me that it's not that great, I don't care. Because I, I said this I'm from Super Mario it's, World. It's I said no this Twilight is, Princess. Yeah, I know that. I know <laughs> that for you. definitely not A Link to the Past. Uh, I don't know. Or even Zelda 2. And it's definitely not Triforce Heroes. Oh, no, no, not even close. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of the internet agrees with me, so that's all that matters. That's true. They do. And in keeping with my theme of every song being called Boss something, uh, this one's just called Boss Battle. Um, <laughs> uh, of course, published by Nintendo EAD, which I actually looked up and wrote down this time. Entertainment analysis and development is what mm. it stands for. Nice. So, yeah, we got that wrong the first time. It sounds very scientific. It does. It sounds, it sounds extremely yeah. scientific for <laughs> a games company. But, uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, published, of course, by Nintendo and in the year 1998. So 10 years after I was born. It was... Uh, and <laughs> baby, <laughs> I'm young. What do you want? <laughs> That's why we call it generation. I drove down to Toys R Us every day in the drove. week leading up. Drove down to <laughs> Toys R Us because I knew it was coming out. They had the demo thing in there, and I drove down every single day to play the demo and say, "Do you have it yet?" But and Mike was learning was to tie his shoelaces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Mike didn't <laughs> <Pretty> exist. <laughs> he wasn't born. Yeah. No, I was born. Yeah, yeah. I was ten years old. But um, were you? Uh, was that back before, like, you knew when games were coming out? Like, when they had, like, published dates? Well, there was a published date. But the thing is, is that I don't think the dates were as solid. It wasn't like, okay, this is releasing in North America, and it's here, oh, this date, okay. this date. So people, like, I'd always this, yeah. broke street date back I'd, then? Well, I'm not broke street date, but there, like, it was coming out in September. I think the original the original trailer for it actually had September or November date in it. It was okay. the theatrical trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, is that um, that date was only for the U.S., so the Canadian release date wasn't, you know, wasn't it, set in stone in the same way. Games oh, weren't okay. anticipated like they were today. It wasn't yeah, like, where, you know, like it always this is the launch date. Yeah, Everybody yeah. line up because yeah. this is a big yeah, yeah, deal. Yeah. You so. would just go to the store and see what was good. Yeah. And if it was, you know, sometimes you didn't even know the game was coming out and you would yeah. just buy it. But we also, you know, our generation would read the video game magazines, mm. you know, GamePro, EGM, Nintendo Power. And they had, like you said, the American dates. Yeah. Those were rough approximate dates for the rest of... North America as well. And you'd usually just say a month. It's like, this is coming out in November. Yeah. And then that would be it. That would be all you know. That's right? brutal. I would yeah. be like, <laughs> like <laughs> back, I, I, I didn't know enough to know back then. Yeah. So, but there weren't like, like pre orders weren't a thing. It was basically yeah. like, lay down your five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was, you know, we'll get the game when we get the game. Yeah. And, uh, and then you, you know, can have it. Yeah. Exactly. Weird. But anyway, uh, music by, of course, Koji Kanta. So, um, Another another example of where music is like totally integral to the game. It's it's very much part of the game in that you have an ocarina, uh, and you know of time of time, and you have to. Uh, but yeah, you learn songs throughout the game. Everybody's played it. I don't need to explain these things. <laughs> um, this music for me is the uh, Phantom Ganon theme. Um, that's that's what I remember when I hear this music. Um, 
but it is knocking back the knocking back still the, that uh, is the best boss in the game the most memorable boss in the game for so me, that's yeah, why yeah, it's totally yeah, yeah yeah that um that's where he jumps out of the paintings yeah. right yeah you know what's cool in the development of uh of that game it was greatly built off the mario 64 engine and that's why the whole painting coming, out of, coming out of the paintings yeah, yeah that was oh i, I didn't know that it was that's part a of cool I, fact. I, I, part of the the test development was using some of those assets and seeing how they worked oh okay and i think that's why some of that is in that part of the game. But oh, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool when you're staring deep into those paintings, which one is even come through, and mm -hmm. you see a tiny little speck in the trees, <laughs> and then Ganon starts running at you. Yeah, yeah. I love that part. No, it's a great part. The part where he pulls off his mask or whatever the hell it is, he's got like a helmet or a mask, and he pulls it off, and it's like Phantom Ganon underneath. I have no idea because the polygons are so <laughs> limited. I don't know what I'm looking at. Like I don't know what that's supposed to be. Are you, getting, like, are you scared though? Yeah, yeah, I'm totally afraid. He pulls it off and there's like purple smoke or something, but I don't understand what I'm supposed to be looking at. It. Oh. Yeah. Well, no one really does. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to play the 3DS remake and see yeah, what I it actually, is. I actually, um, on that note, I purchased that uh, recently because there was like, if you had like the, I always, I keep calling it Club Nintendo, but what's it called now? My Nintendo. Yeah. My Nintendo. So I had like enough. I, I buy all my games digitally. This is another thing that's really different between me and these guys <laughs> is that I, I like digital games. I like not having the clutter of the cases and stuff. I like stuff. And yeah, Aaron and Jordan prefer their games in a physical. Big which giant is, shelves yeah, filled with right. games. Yeah, which is cool. But at the same time, I live in a small place. I don't have a lot of room. So I'd rather have them digitally. And, I, and the other thing is I just love walking around with my game collection, knowing I have everything all the time. I don't need to pick what I'm going to take with me. That's always cool. So, um, but yeah, I just purchased that because it was on sale. And then if you had my Nintendo, if you had enough of the gold points, which you get from buying games, um, it was like a 30% discount. So I got the game for like 20 bucks, which nice. is a good deal. So, and a I'm, game like I'm Zelda to play it again. Zelda games usually don't go down in price either. So no, yeah, they're kind of really stuck in price. So it's kind of cool that and I got I, that. I played through that remake and I really liked it. I actually tried even to play it with the 3d on. Yeah, just yeah. Well, because they did a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, I still have the old, not the new 3DS, so I don't have the like the facial tracking one. Yeah, so, so it's, it was a little it's much harder to play hold with it the 3D. right distance yeah. and you know the right angle and everything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, but I really sure. tried just because new experience, and I really like what they did with uh, like the updating of the visuals and the models and the textures and everything. It's, yeah, it's nice. for sure. The other thing I have to say just about the music of this game, um, even though it's not part of the boss music of this game, but my favorite, I think my favorite like musical moments of this game are where you learn the new song in the dungeon with Sheik and then like you play it, you just play it on the ocarina and then it's just, you get that simple tune and then like she fills in with you and then it becomes like a, a whole piece of music. That's, I, that I don't know. I have a lot of like nostalgia for those moments. Mm -hmm. It's just like, that was like such a cool, like there were such cool touchstones in every dungeon for that. Mm -hmm. So to learn that theme so i always love that good cinematics i know you you describe that moment and i picture the big swooping cameras yeah it was always big yeah, yeah it was always yeah. big camera swings specifically and yeah. i'm picturing the one inside the volcano right before the fire temple yeah that's actually that's the one like, i'm thinking of too that, because that one's awesome because like when you're crossing the bridge and like she shows up on the one side yeah that one's a very memorable very yeah. memorable moment yeah, yeah no it's a great moment so um and then yeah like like i said before one of the greatest times Games of all time, maybe the greatest game of all time. You know, shows up on a lot, of, a number one on a lot of people's lists and, and a lot of the internet lists out there. Um, As time passes, more and more people. Well, are, that's yeah. it. Well, there'll be more and more people, more and more games. So there's always gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna hard, be hard to hold that up. And as as the generations age, right? Like as less and less people have well, played that people game. won't have the nostalgia for it. Exactly. I think, you know, the reason that one shows up on so many uh, greatest hits lists is the nostalgia of the game. Absolutely. It, it was yeah. the first one to do kind of 3D action in that way and do it well. And it was, a, yeah. it was a great game. I mean, obviously there's been 
games that have been better and expanded on that, but that one's sort of like, it did it first and did it right the first time. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. So anyway, let's have a listen to the boss theme, or sorry, boss battle from Legend of Zelda Ocarina. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. <laughs> that was really good. And what is that sound effect from? That's him coming out of the painting. Yeah. You know, when oh, it does the yes, portal yes. and he's coming out of the painting, it does okay. plays that sound effect. I was picturing, and I can't remember if this is uh, Majora's Mask. I think it's Ocarina of Time, the water battle with the amiibo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amoeba. Amoeba. Yeah, that's with amiibo. That's with, <laughs> the with, giant amiibo. With the monster from that uh, the you abyss. You should make it amoeba, amiibo. Um, Sorry, what? <laughs> Sorry. Was it, wasn't it... Am I thinking of the right movie? The movie The Abyss? Yeah. It, where I haven't it had, seen that Where movie. it had the water monster? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't remember a water movie. monster. Yeah. But the uh, the amoeba is from Ocarina of Time. It is? Yeah. Because I picture that sound effect coming from that <laughs> thing, too. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. I, well, that was a common sample, I think, on the... like Because you could only fit so many samples of the cartridge, so they would reuse stuff. So I'm sure that oh. that instrument, or whatever it was, was used multiple times. Yeah, so just that like, sound yeah. effect. Very yeah. distinctive, right? Yeah. One more story about that was uh, we were at... I want to say Zeller's before it shut down, and it, that game was just... No, it must have been Target. must have been Target before it shut down. That game, the uh, the remake on 3DS was just about to come out. There was a Nintendo rep there. He had it on the 3DSs. Let's give it a go. And she picked it up, and it was at the point where you have to, uh, when you're a kid and you're just leaving the forest, and you have to go through, like, the right doors, and you listen mm. for oh, where yeah, the music's the coming woods. from. The Lost, the Lost Woods, woods. Yeah. 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 And uh, you listen for where the music's coming from. And she didn't even listen. She was just like, it's left, right, up, left, left, right. And I was like... <laughs> What? <laughs> like, this was like kind of early in our relationship. I actually think I think your your example is probably right too because I do know. Well, it's I just left. made that. I just made that <laughs> up. No, no, but I think you might be right. Oh, too. Well, if I got that right, that was total fluke. But um, uh, and an amazing one, by the way. But um, yeah, she just did it, and I was like, "Really? Like you?" She's like, "Yeah." What do you What do you mean, really? Like that's you don't like? <laughs> Come on, scrub. Yeah, get basically. With it. Yeah, He's like get good, good, good yeah. scrub. Yeah. yeah, totally. So it was pretty funny, but um. That's my last story about that. So, uh, Jordan, you want to go? It's a really good third best Zelda game of all time. Totally agree. <laughs> all right. You know, can't win. Can't win. Four, fourth best Zelda game. Yeah, probably fourth. Yeah. What else? Fifth, fifth best. Well, what Anyways. did we say? We said Link to the Past. We said Twilight, Twilight, Twilight Princess. Princess. And I think Skyward Zelda 2. Zelda 2. No, Zelda 2. <laughs> Zelda 2, really? the Zelda Adventure two? Link. Oh, yeah. That's a weird one. I'm going to put Majora's Everyone Mask. Everyone thinks that's a weird one, but Maj that's awesome. I'm going to put Majora's Mask before Ocarina of Time, but that's just me. 
just I think both are really good. It's so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's why a lot of people like that is because yeah. it's so different. It's different. It's dark. It reminds yeah. me of Alice in Wonderland. And I like that. All right. Here we go. Um, for my next pick, I'm going with a PC game. And it actually branched off to PS4, Vita, Wii U, Xbox One, OS, and Linux. It's all over the place. It's an everything game. It's an everything game. Um, it's an indie game called Axiom Verge, which I'm sure... Some people have heard of by now. It's been out for about a year. Metroid-y Metroid. And it's Metroid-y Metroid. <laughs> it's, uh, I'll just jump to it. It's, uh, it's a 2D Metroidvania-style game um, done in pixel graphics. It looks like it would be, you know, Super Metroid's little brother. It's a very cool-looking game, um, and it's, it's a love letter to Metroid. There's no beating around the bush on that. They, the, the one, I'll, there's one guy that made this game. His name is Thomas Happ. And he did all the graphics, programming, music, just like yeah, a couple other games. Out. Yeah. yeah, there's We've a couple of those out there. Bunch, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, he developed the whole game over a span of five years. And clearly it was a love letter to Metroid. He's even done a fan-made Metroid game before working on this project. Well, I was going to say, and may, correct me if I'm wrong, did this start its life actually as a Metroid game? And somewhere during development, he switched to something original just so he could do something with it? I I want to say no, because he did a complete fan-made Metroid game mm-hmm. separately from this. And from what I recall, um, I actually bought the soundtrack to this. It was a vinyl record, and it came with a bunch of like concept stuff and sketches. And I feel like he... You have the vinyl for this? I do. Oh, that's cool. It, it's I like the soundtrack. That's why I picked it. Um, <laughs> he, I feel like... He had this in mind from the beginning, like from Mm. the beginning of the five years, he was working on Axiom Verge. Like it wasn't Metroid, but Mm. obviously heavily inspired by Metroid. And since there hasn't been a 2D Metroid game in a long time, it's easy to see that there's elements here that he's introduced that are similar, but also evolved. There's some new stuff in here that you could see uh, something that Metroid could learn from. Hmm. Wasn't there a Metroid uh, fan game that just got shut down recently? It was like a Metroid 2, the Game Boy one. Um, Basically somebody made like a remake of that. I think that just got... Nintendo. The hammer came down on it recently. And I know the hammer came down recently on a few things because there was that Pokemon uh, fan game as well. Oh, mm-hmm. I, didn't, that, I, yeah. I didn't hear about these things. I I, heard, I'm sorry. just going to mention that one really quick. There was a Pokemon fan game. It had online trading. It was like more adult. It was sort of like oh, more Oh, yeah, no, up. I did hear about this. I can't I remember, I can't remember the yeah, name of it. They but had that was all these like weird Pokemon knockoffs. Yeah, yeah I heard yeah. about this, yeah. And uh, people loved it, and it, it was actually like a pretty robust game. And, uh, and the first the developer kind of said... Assist. Yeah, well, the developer said we're like shutting down production, but we're still going to support the game. There'll still be updates. And then I guess even more recently, they basically said, nope, we're done. We're good. It's, I, it's- I heard about the Metroid one, uh, only mm-hmm. that it existed. I didn't know it already got shut down. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm not surprised. Nintendo, they keep their properties pretty close to heart. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, like people we just doing wish stuff they with would their actually, stuff. Yeah, just give us a 2D Metroid well, and we he, wouldn't have to make them. Here's, here's the thing. <laughs> I, I don't know how much truth is in this, but I've read online that um, Reggie fils saw... Axiom Verge. Reggie fils being the president of Nintendo of America, he saw Axiom Verge at a convention and said, hey, that's Super Metroid. And apparently somebody in the crowd said, well, if you're not going to make it, somebody else will. And <laughs> apparently that was that was said. He's seen the game. Funny thing is that now Axiom Verge can be played on Nintendo Wii U. So yeah. um, anyways, on to the actual game itself. Um, the boss theme that I've chosen, um, it plays... 
uh, plays through a few different bosses. That's also the final boss in the game's theme. Um, there's a couple different boss themes. Um, really neat soundtrack. Um, I just want to pre-warn, because it's a fairly new game, it only came out about a year ago, there might be a few little spoilers, but... Well, it's good uh, that we don't just get a warning, but we get a pre-warning. Uh, so the warning is still coming, but you're going to... It's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, there, I like that level of warning. There's advanced notice, because it's... it's like that. Wasn't, there, wasn't there a Futurama episode where they're like... Warning, the ship is about to crash. And he's like, that's not a warning. A warning comes before the crash. He's like, warning, ship is about to crash in one second. He's like, that's better. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how to talk about this game and do it justice without going into some of the story details. It's really cool. Like I said, they've taken some of the Metroid elements. They've advanced on it. Um, there was one point in the game where I was like, man, if I could do the morph ball here, I could get past this part and advance <laughs> in the game. And I'm like, and I do not want to see this character doing a morph ball. Why can't Metroid crawl? Well, that would make sense too. It's, it's her suit is too bulky. She can't get yeah. Samus can't get her shoulders through the. Uh, well, she can't did you, move did you, her did you ever see that meme? The why why Metroid can't crawl? Oh no! Oh, no. no, you're referencing something. There. I was referencing something there. Okay, it's uh. I don't want to interrupt you, but I got a story there. But, uh, <laughs> okay, well, we'll come, we'll come back. For after the, yeah. after the we listen. So you, just real quick, the storyline, you play as a scientist. His name is Trace, and uh, the game starts with uh, he's Trace. He has um, an, an explosion happens in his lab, and he wakes up in another world called Sudra. And Sudra is uh, populated with a bunch of giant biomechanical war machines called the Rasalki. And it's essentially a race of women, or I should say female biomechanical war machines that need your help to save their dying planet from this evil being called Athetos. And <laughs> really, and really, there's a deep, deep story here. Like it's way deeper than Greek, the name is eh? Way deeper than any Metroid game. And right off the top, before you even start playing the game, the cutscenes, the little, the little videos that play, you can tell there's going to be heavy story. And the more you play, the more you uncover, the more you get sucked into it. And again, a game all about exploring. There's a huge world to, to see, um, much like Metroid being heavily inspired by Ridley Scott's Alien. This game is very inspired in the same realm, but more so the artist that did all the work for Alien, uh, artist by the name of H.R. Geiger or H.R. Giger, he did all the concept work for Alien, all that biomechanical creepiness is because of him. <laughs> and Axiom Verge is filled with that. So, so like Alien oh, Dong kind of, you know, it's like... Almost. There's, <laughs> it's the, no, wang, the Wang iconography is very Babies heavy. and yeah. vaginas and yeah. stuff. No, <laughs> it doesn't go that far, but uh, you can see the inspiration there. Mm. Um, so very atmospheric, story-driven game. Highly recommend it. Um, let's take a listen to the boss theme. Uh, this one is called Trace Rising, and again, by the, the one guy that made the whole entire game, Thomas Happ. Let's go.
very, you know, sci-fi spacey. It's kind of like is the alien, disco the alien discotheque. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Where all the aliens put on their roller skates and the rave lights come on and yeah, the disco they ball drops drink the their, their neon milkshakes. <laughs> this is totally aliens from Mars, kind of. Like yeah, it, it's like a, a, a B movie yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. horror. <laughs> I like it. It's good. So what they end up doing for their version of the morph ball is he ends up getting this little drone device that you remote control and it goes and it crawls through the different areas oh, okay. and leaving your character behind. Yeah, so, it's like Ratchet and Clank when yeah, you send Clank out to do stuff. Exactly. So you're controlling a new character and then eventually you get the ability to teleport to where your drone goes. Oh, so your cool. body like demolecularizes and travels to where the drone goes. It's yeah. really neat. That is cool. They ended up taking a lot of the Metroid concepts and making it feel different enough that it doesn't feel like they're ripping that he's ripping off Metroid. It feels like it's just totally inspired and good to do its own thing. Mm -hmm. I like it. So, what was your story? Well, my story was uh, it kind of blew up. It was is a very minor meme because it really blew up on uh, the Meverse that uh, when Super <laughs> Metroid was yeah, released, that's minor. <laughs> yeah, when Super no the Meverse has has quite a following behind it. There's a lot of stuff. There's at least there, a couple yeah. hundred people on there. Yeah, at least yeah. <laughs> ten or twelve. In its heyday, it was it was it was bigger. It's fifteen, yeah, it's fifteen. <laughs> but uh, when Super Metro got released on the Virtual Console, um, people would post screenshots and comment on them. And you know, a lot of people asking for help and that kind of stuff. And there was like sc one screenshot that had uh, Samus in front of like a low. There was just like a low cord or something that you could morph ball through essentially. And uh, the caption on it said, "Why can't Metroid crawl?" And it was the letter Y, so why yeah, can't yeah. Metroid, Metroid being Samus, yeah. crawl? And it just, <laughs> That's you know, hilarious. People kind of glommed onto that, and it, it blew up outside of the Meverse and <laughs> became its own its own little flash in the pan kind of meme. But That's good. It, it made me laugh. Almost intentional trolling, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but maybe not if you're not familiar with the I, franchise. I don't think it was intentional trolling. No. I think that person it's, honestly had no idea <laughs> that they could morph well, ball. Well, it's yeah. either, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's trolling, but it's either, it was totally... Like legitimate, and it was a kid or something. I think so. Or it it was someone was like, "I'm going to do this and become internet famous." Like yeah. this is this is genius <laughs> kid comedy that everyone's going to glom onto. But yeah, no, it was. It sounds very legitimate. Like I'm <laughs> I'm sure it was real. But that's I also hilarious. like the uh, the classic. Why can't Metroid? <laughs> I like the classic thing of calling basically the uh, character by the name of the franchise rather well, yeah, than by Zelda the name of the character. Yeah. yeah, Zelda Link. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the classic one. I'm going to bring this song next time. I'm like. At a, like a, a wedding a or something, or there's a dance or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, this would be a good put, dance Put this too. song on. Yeah. Yeah. Good one to dance to. <laughs> oh, you know what? I should be keeping a list for when I finally get married. Like all the songs on here that are like danceable. <laughs> you don't <laughs> we'll need have the, don't, we'll don't, have the podcast playlist. Just play the podcast play the at podcast. your wedding. <laughs> oh, God. We can do a live recording. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Anyway. That all was right. Axiom Verge. So that was, yeah, that was some funky Axiom Verge boss music. And uh, Aaron. All right. To you for the final, final. For my my final and fourth of boss stuff. And now, first of all, this is a game that I've talked about before. This is, and Mike tells me that it's just having a birthday. Yeah, one year anniversary. This is Undertale. Just, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I think. Yeah, so Undertale. Now, I didn't play it immediately when it came out. I kind of glommed onto the phenomenon a little bit after that, so I played it a few months after it originally came out. And I warning that since we're talking about bosses, this boss is a spoiler. So if you haven't played Undertale, then shut your ears. All right, I'm taking <laughs> off the headphones. Jump, <laughs> jump a minute. No. I no, it won't mean anything if you haven't played it uh, because you won't recognize the name. But the song is called uh, Hopes and Dreams, and it's the fight with Asriel.
Now, if you haven't played it, you don't know who Azrael is, but if you have played it, then that name means something important. And I don't want to talk about this too much because I feel like I've forgotten enough about the game that if I get any little oh. tiny thing wrong <laughs> that, you know... Oh, I was. I internet, thought you said you forgot enough that you wanted to go back. Well, I might, I, it might be one of those things that I go back, but the thing is this has such devoted, yeah. fanatical fans. Our one fan I, will be so yeah, angry if, with you. <laughs> if I say anything wrong, then, you know, I thought we were jump down your throat. I thought we were at two fans now, no? <laughs> I don't my, know. My mom uh, listens, so. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, then two. Okay. <laughs> that one guy and, and your mom. So yeah. when your mom plays Undertale. <laughs> when, yeah. She exactly. already played it. Come on. <laughs> it's been so, out for a year. And Azriel is essentially uh, one of the final bosses in the game and a game that's full of, <laughs> of final bosses and also a game that is like, there are so many boss fights in Undertale and every single one has a unique theme. Like the music is such an integral part of this game that when I went looking just to listen to the themes and I found this YouTube video, it was like all boss fights in Undertale and you can click on a picture of each boss and it'll play the theme. And I just sat there for like hours just clicking on each one of these oh, that's things. Cool. And I had a hard time choosing like your favorite of all, yeah. the, of all the boss themes because this is one great boss theme in a game full of great boss yeah, themes. Yeah, they're all individual yeah. themes. Yeah. I could pick any single one. And that's would, great. That's yeah. good to hear that like it's always it's always cool when you come across something like that where the decision is hard. You're yeah. like, there's so much goodness here. I'm not sure what I can, what to pick. Yeah, and that's just it. Because, you know, boss themes generally pretty pretty narrow. You don't have a lot of bosses in a game. Maybe, yeah. like Zelda, it's the variations on a theme or, or they, you know, they or they're the all same, the same all the exact yeah, same Like one, the but, Turtles in Time, it's, yeah. it's all the same. And that's not to say, like, one thing that uh, the composer and developer of Undertale, Toby Fox, when he's composing the music, he, like, he's very big into this whole, like, leitmotif kind of thing where... It's variations on a theme. So using the same melody over again, but changing the, the tempo and changing the instrumentation and sort of just tailoring it specifically to the situation in there. So you hear the same sort of melody or the same themes again and again, but the way he reuses them is awesome. It's like, well, this is the... Uh, this is like a theme of this one boss. It's also the theme of this like ghost, but it's slowed down in this version or played mm. in a different way. And it's just really great how he brings all that stuff together. And uh, sounds and lazy. Yeah. That's what you said last time. Yeah, that's what you accused uh, um, Koji Kondo of in Super Mario World. You're like, oh, I guess he just had one idea and he just kept using it. <laughs> Just throwing it back uh, at you. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Accuse a Koji Kondo of anything. How dare you, sir? <laughs> well, I, I mentioned, because it's basically the idea of this is this leitmotif where you take these themes, right? And that's and one of my favorite composers, movie composers, John Williams, does that in a lot of things. So, like, in Star Wars, you hear it a lot. In Indiana Jones, you hear it a lot. It's a signature in style. Harry, in Harry Potter, you hear it a lot. Yep. That's his thing, right? Yep. So he does that a lot. And uh, I think Toby Fox uses it here and uses it to great effect. Like, it absolutely works. And I was also really impressed that... Uh, Fox composed all of the music prior to actually programming the scenes. So the music was done first. And then Ooh, that's he, kind of backwards. Yeah, it is a little bit backwards, but that way the music or the atmosphere, like the actual tone and the feeling of the music influences the scene, right? So yeah. you kind of get that, that's cool. that musical like emotional that. component. Maybe they first. should do that with movies. Yeah. It'd be more interesting. And maybe that's why uh, Undertale had such a great emotional punch to it, I think, mm. was that the music yeah, was. Totally like a front and center consideration and always like always perfectly supporting whatever it was technically behind because it really was in front. Like it yeah. really came first. And that makes sure like, cause he's doing the music first and then programming after is that everything that you're doing sort of syncs up with the action. That's cool. It's I almost like, like he's developing, really like developing the emotion and the feeling first. And then how can I program 
some yeah. sort of mechanics behind this. Exactly. And really, it's it's really great, especially when you're in these like multi-tiered boss battles where the boss battle changes and how the theme changes along with it. Yeah. So you go through these like stages of the battle and the thing amps up or new parts kick in and it just, it's really... You get it, fired up because the music you get, changes. You do, and, you get fired yeah. up. It really does that really well. That's so, super cool. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's a common sort of RPG thing and uh, um, Undertale is sort of an RPG light. I don't know if... Hey, we've talked about it a lot at this point, but I don't know if I should mention much about how it's done, but essentially it's an RPG and you go around and you, um, there's sort of like these random battles, like a lot of RPGs and you fight against these monsters, you, but you have the option to fight against them or talk your way out of a situation essentially. So you can potentially go through the whole game without actually fighting anything. Is it still fun if you do it that way? I'd say so. Yeah, it, it's okay. a fun challenge for sure. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure it's not easy to do it that and way. And when you do actually fight, everything's like a sort of a quick time thing. So when you fight, there's like a bar, almost like Mario Golf style, where you have to like stop it in a certain place, and then that <laughs> gives that sets your damage. So there's like a little quick time action. And then the great thing is that when they attack you, you go into this sort of like bullet hell mode where there's like a little screen, they throw stuff at you and you have to like dodge around it. So you basically are playing this little tiny bullet hell shooter kind of game within the game to dodge their attacks. That's totally awesome. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. really cool. Yeah, I don't think you mentioned that last time you talked about it. So that's yeah. a good that's a good deal. I like so that. if, if you don't like regular RPGs where it's like you yeah. know, fight and then use this weapon set, and set, then, all, set yeah. your team up, set all the things and then press play yeah. and action yeah. continue. So, so yeah, no, it sounds much more active. Yeah, totally. You're mixing like. Earthbound with like Bullet Hell Shooter and then on top of that, a great story and then on top of that, just fantastic soundtracks. Yeah. I just, I, the only reason I laughed was like, you could not have described that better than Mario Golf. Like, <laughs> instantly I got it. Yeah. I got it perfectly. <laughs> right away. <laughs> yeah. If, if you want to know, like there's a little meter and it goes yeah. up. It goes up and down. It you gotta hit right, it in the right, right time. on the line. Yeah. That's it's Mario funny. Golf. So without further ado, this is Hopes and Dreams from Undertale. All right.
Earthbound inspired. It's 16-bit style. A lot of the music in the game is is 16-bit sort of thing, but occasionally it will break outside of that mold with real instrumentation and that kind of thing. So depending on the moment, the like the fullness of the music changes. Right. That's cool. I like when um, when people don't like force themselves within a confine. Like mm. you know, he he could have just said like, no, it, I'm doing. Sixteen uh, bit. I'm doing sixteen bit. I'm yeah. doing a Earthbound style thing. I'm not moving outside of that. But like when they're like, you know what? No, this like this is better if I break those chains that I'm like artificially imposing on myself. So that's cool. I like that. I, the the thing about him doing the music before though, that's yeah. awesome. I, that's <laughs> a really cool detail. And like, I'm sure he's like one of the few ever to pull to do that. Like, yeah. be, and like you kind of have to have a one man team to pull that off. Yeah. So. And I think I mentioned, like, it's a huge soundtrack. There's, like, a yeah, hundred tracks. Songs, yeah. There's, like, 100 tracks on this soundtrack. And I think of all of them, there was, like, one that he repurposed from a previous project. So there's, like, yeah. one theme that he pulled from somewhere it's else. It's a lot of composition. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. What I like about the real instrumentation is that it's probably not overused, right? Like, mm. it comes in at certain points, but for the most part, it's... It's chip tunes. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. So I gotta play when it comes <laughs> in, when it comes in, it almost hits you a little harder because yeah. it's like you weren't expecting it. Well, that's the thing is like we're talking about like the final boss kind of battle here. And so it's, you know, everything's coming together. It's like, here's the, here's the characters you remember. Here's like the save the world moment kind of yeah, thing. So, yeah. you know, all the stops are sort of pulled out at that moment. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. And it's probably a game I will go back and play again. Because there are multiple endings to the game. Oh, that's cool. And uh, I've only gotten two of the three endings. So, because is it like good, bad, neutral, or pretty much? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, it's totally good, bad, neutral. And the first time I played it, I did it neutral. Second time, I did it good. Okay. And I basically played. Yeah, I gotta go back and be evil. But <laughs> it, it, that's the thing is, when I was finished the game, I almost couldn't bring myself to go back and be evil because I didn't want to. This might sound hokey, but corrupt my save in a way. I know what you mean. Yeah. Because you know, I had this good ending, and if I go back and be evil, I've corrupted that save essentially. So. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I make when time has passed, I'll go back and I'll do the. Uh, I'll do the bad end and see yeah. how that goes. I kind of know what you mean just because like I played in like Infamous was um, a big game that had that good bad ending kind of thing. And it, and it's all based on your decisions throughout the game. Mm -hmm. And it, it was kind of like faked in that game in the first one because there was a single moment where you could totally flip it. But um, yeah, like after I played the good ending, people are like, oh, you should go back and play the bad one. And I was like. No, yeah. that's not my call. <laughs> my yeah. call's good. Yeah. And that's, exact, that's exactly the way I sort of felt. It's like, yes, I, I've achieved the best ending now, yeah. and I can't go back and, and be, there were, be this bad person yeah. now. There were some, like, horrible decisions to be made <laughs> in that game. Like, there yeah. were some heavy decisions. Bioshock did the same thing. Yeah. It was, that, was a th that was a thing for a time. Well, I mean, and what, what I was going to mention about this game, too, is that after I got the neutral ending, 
I immediately started again. Like I didn't step oh, really? away. I okay. didn't take a break. I was still sitting at my computer, and it's, it's not a restart. super long game. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it was took me five hours to go through the first. That's time. not bad. And after I was finished the first ending, I immediately went back to the beginning and started right at that moment. So it was. Uh, and this is another game where your actions are sort of remembered. So you know. So all everything you do, every decision you make, has real important consequences down the line. But so just get, in that one playthrough, right? Like, if you went back again, like, your decisions from your last playthrough don't matter, do they? I'm shrugging my shoulders right know? now. No, I do know. I just don't want to tell you oh, because okay. <laughs> you might play this game. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. You, the, the, you play through it the way you want to play through it the first time, maybe even the second time, right? But, but doing the third way, like, doing the bad ending is almost like that's not how you want to play. And you're almost making yeah. all the opposite choices that you really do want to make. I was actually shocked, like shocked after I was done. And once I was done, this is one of those games that kind of lingers with you a bit. And I did a whole bunch of research when I was done, but I was shocked to discover how many people did all the endings. Like I kind of thought that my experience doing the good ending would kind of, and then stopping and not actually doing the bad ending would be, you know, like that wouldn't be as common to go back and do the bad ending, but it seems like everybody did. Actually, people were just obsessed with the game and yeah, they wanted to get that more was out of it. I think that might be it is that just the obsession level of the game. It's like, oh, I'm just not done playing this, but I wouldn't want the bad ending to be my last experience. You want the, the experience. Game, right? You have a good experience and you want to leave it like that. Yeah. You don't want to change the experience. And on top of that, like I didn't know much about this game going into it. Like I hadn't, it hadn't really been on my radar and somebody gave it to me as a gift and like, I didn't look into it. So he, they just gave it to me, and they said, I hear this game is really good. And I'm like, oh, I kind of heard the name mentioned a few times. And I started playing not knowing anything about the endings. The only thing I read was, like, its description on Steam. So I read, like, the little tiny blurb, and it's like, it said something about fighting skeletons, and there were dogs, and it had this really silly, goofy description. And I'm like, all right. And I didn't learn anything else about it. And I think that was a good way to go in, because I didn't know that while I was going through it, I didn't know I was headed towards a neutral ending. I had no idea what was actually mm. coming. And I even then I didn't I wouldn't have known how to get the good ending until I'd gone through it the game the first time. You play enough of it and you start to understand how the themes are worked in and mm. how things play out. Yeah. Yeah. And especially at the end of the game, you start like close to the end of the game, it's like, okay, now I understand how this all works. And yeah. now I now I see if I wanna if I wanna do it this way, I've got to think more about it as I kind of go through it. So Cool. Yeah. So, I'm, a, I'm actually always surprised uh, by how many people go through and play bad endings and stuff when you're given the choice. Like, I don't want to see it. <laughs> well, that's the thing I'm, is, I, I'm good. I, My character is good. I don't want to see the bad guy. <laughs> I almost never choose evil in any game. I think it, what was it? Dark, I very rarely do. Dark Forces 2 where... I don't know. Uh, well, that's, this is before your time. Okay. But uh, <laughs> the, the game Dark Forces, Quite which was... The first Dark Forces was like a, a Star Wars shooter okay. where you play this like smuggler, basically a Han Solo ripoff, total Han Solo ripoff, who you go around shooting stormtroopers and infiltrating uh, bases and all that kind of Star Warsy stuff. Now in Dark Forces 2, they called it Jedi Knight and they gave this character um, uh, the, the opportunity to become a Jedi. And then a big part of that game was like, light side, dark side, and your actions sort oh, okay. of like, like sway Sith you. Or yeah. Jedi. And there was like different, uh, there were different endings depending on which way you went, but yeah. You know, that was that one was of the first games I saw that in. And like, I could never go dark side. I just couldn't bring myself to be the evil character. Same thing with like your Fallout 3 and the that Old kind of Republic. Stuff. Um, Knights of the Old Republic or the Old Republic? Yeah, that one. Not Knight the MMO, but the 
The one that came before Knights of the it. Old Republic. Is that Knights? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That oh, one was Kotor. a big thing. KOTOR. That was a big one yeah, yeah. in that one too, right? Yeah, because that, yeah, that was... Lighter the, Dark Side. That was like the whole yeah. mechanic of that game. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it comes up often in Star Wars things yeah. because there's a very obvious lore that you know presents yeah, exactly, yeah. good or bad. But Mass you know. Effect had that too. Yeah. I, I always really liked it in Mass Effect because it really changed how your character looked. Mm-hmm. Like he, when, he was, when he was evil, he like his skin... He? Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> Depending on the Shepard you picked. Yeah, I always played Guy Shepard, yeah. and I'm sure you played Shepard. Shep. Yep. Yeah. That's um, the way to go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you get like the red eyes, and like your skin starts cracking and stuff. It was cool. Yeah. Oh, I like that. All right. I just know Bubble Bobble. I always got the bad <laughs> ending in that game because yeah. I usually played it by myself. It's not because you were evil. It's because you didn't know the stupid secret that you had the, to get. What is what? Tell the, me. The level bef- so level 99, the level before the boss, you have to get, is it the magic crystal ball? Yes, you have to collect it, the crystal ball. Otherwise, to, you go to a bad final boss fight. So what happens is, like a lot of items in Bubble Bobble, sometimes they're triggered by killing a bad guy. Sometimes they randomly generate and pop up on the screen. Magic crystal ball shows up in the very last last level before the final boss. So you play 99 levels. Magic crystal ball pops up. Usually and it's appear, a timed thing. And it's only on the screen for a couple seconds. You need to grab it. And then if you have it, you there's more to it. But you essentially could get the good ending. But okay. But uh, you need to be playing on two players. Yeah, I mean, can I can I even mention, first of all, if you're on level 99 and you're not playing two players, it is hard to grab that crystal ball because it shows up closer to player two. Yeah. So player two can grab it easier. You can grab it as player one, but it's a lot harder. And what happens when you grab it is it doesn't take you to immediately to a good ending. It just skips past level 100, which is the bad ending boss. It skips you to essentially level 101. And then there's a whole bunch more levels after that. Yeah, there's like, it goes into like A, B, C, D yeah. through and the alphabet. I forget how high it goes up. Yeah, but. and then you get to the real boss. Yeah. And then as Jordan mentioned, that if you're not playing two players, again, bad ending. You have to have you a have second player. You have to be player. playing two players. It doesn't like tell ending. you. And, that's and crazy. This game <laughs> that's came all, out in, that's the, really challenging. in yeah. the 80s, and it didn't tell you that in the instruction book or no. in the game. You just have to play and yeah, find out. In <laughs> classic old school gaming, it's like, if you either hear it on the playground or you don't know exactly. <laughs> or you figure but it out yourself. There was a stupid trick to that anyway, is that uh, in Bubble Bobble, if you were player one and you paused the game and hit select, it would actually give a life to player two. Okay. So it would automatically grant a life to the second player. From your lives? From your lives. Yeah, so okay. you take one of your lives like away Mario. and give the second player. Yep. So, so if you're playing at single player, got to the end boss, fought the end boss until he bubbles up. So basically he ends up going in a bubble like all of the enemies and he's not dead until you pop him. So what you do is you get him in that bubble, you hit start, you hit select, you give, hopefully you have an extra life, give that life to the second player, then pop the bubble. That's a good trick. And you win without having to play with somebody else. So if you have no friends, you can still beat Bubble Bubble. So I could have beat it when I was a kid. I just, yeah, I didn't know the trick. (laughs) There you go. Did you know about the uh, start select life-giving thing? I I thought it was just player two had to hit start. And if you had more than than an extra life or two, they could jump in. Because a lot of games were like that. Like Ninja Turtles was like player two press start. And you would take a life unless you started on two players. Yeah, this didn't actually allow. You had to start on two players. And the player two couldn't just... Just automatically jump in of their own volition. They okay. couldn't just say, pick a player, the co- player, the controller, hit start, and suddenly be in the game. Player two, one at that point, had to grant you a life unless you got a game over, and then you could, you know, the trick start with two players. The trick does work if you're if you do start on two players mm-hmm. and player two dies or player one dies. I believe they can steal a life if it's set to two player mode. 
I wonder if you can, if player two, I always thought the player one had to grant the life, but maybe a uh, player two could steal the life maybe. as long as it was paused. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll have I to go play I'm, that. I'm yeah. so out of this conversation. Well, yeah. <laughs> well I, I, any excuse to go back and play Bubble Bubble. Well, so we'll have to verify and, this. And I mentioned I have uh, game night, yeah. I have a version on the Wii that's like four players. Yeah. So we might have to play four player oh, Bubble cool. Bubble some night. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, one thing, since this is a music podcast, I want to bring that up. Let's get back to music for a second. Yeah. Is that Bubble Bubble has great music. It only has like three tracks. And I thought I had one. It, well, it's got, <laughs> yeah, it's got like a song boss that drives you insane. It's got, no, it's got like the one song that drives you insane, the boss music, and then like a hidden Russian dance track. Okay. So I don't know that one. <laughs> if you go to the sound, if you go to the sound select for it, you can hear that one. I actually really like the uh, hidden Russian, you know, Russian it's like traditional music? Russian dance. Is that another one for the wedding? No, oh, yeah, totally. That's <laughs> one. But you got to do like that traditional like Russian dance where crossed arms and yeah. full kicks and that full, kind of stuff. Full squat. But that. My favorite is the um, the hurry jingle yeah. when the when the ghost shows up because it always just makes you crap your pants. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to mention about the music in that game. We mentioned it's like uh, you know drives you nuts, but it's a really short short loop. Like that little piece of music is really short. It loops all the time on every single level. Plays that same song over and over and over. And I will never ever ever get sick of it ever. Like it doesn't <laughs> drive me crazy. I love that song. The main bubble the bubble main theme. bubble bubble yeah. theme is like I can again? listen to that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then again, and, and that's where loop. the loop starts. <laughs> <All right>. that <laughs> anyway. Was, that was good. That was good. But I love that song. It is such a good song. I will never get tired of it despite hearing it. You know, you play that game for a few hours, and you must hear that loop 200 times. So, Easy. Yeah. yeah. It's an addicting game. It's uh, good. Yeah. That's that's one of your favorites, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, after our nice little <laughs> musical sing-song uh, time there... Um, that's so. That's it for part four. That's it for this this episode. This theme, boss themes, um, and now we're going to reveal what the prize is. We've been oh. teasing for three episodes. Hey, hey uh, are we are we still doing what we're playing kind of thing? Is, we well, still- we've all we've all done it once, right? Oh yeah, because it ended on I started in. Oh, ends so we're on just, me, doing, so just doing just doing contest. Okay. I guess so. I was gonna just talk about the contest and then just other fun things, but um, yeah, let's start with the contest. So, um, yeah, what's uh, what's the big reveal? What is the big reveal? The big reveal is, as uh, I think we revealed in our hints in the last time, is that uh, I worked for Nintendo. In that time, I gathered a lot of unique swag of sorts, unique things that uh, were never for sale in stores. These are promotional items that you could only get by coming down and talking to the Nintendo reps and, you know... A lot of that extra stuff kind of found its way into my possession. So, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, not that arcade that we talked about. No, in an no earlier yeah, episode, that, was, but. that was a shame. One day, but you know, bits and pieces and knickknacks. So, in this case, our prize is a unique, one-of-a-kind Nintendo T-shirt. Yes. Maybe I'll throw in some extra stuff that I've got in there. I got all sorts of fun temporary tattoos and stickers. We'll just make there a little. We'll make a little Nintendo care package out of it. And then, of course, you also get uh, Metro Prime. On GameCube, yeah. On GameCube, which we uh, we need to keep mentioning. So, it's very Nintendo-centric. If you want to win that prize, what do you do? You hop on to Twitter and go to at VGM Generations, and when I tweet out the podcast, um, three tweets always. You get one for SoundCloud, 
one for iTunes, one for Google Play. Just retweet uh, whichever one you listen on. And then if you want the bonus entry, um, leave a iTunes review or just leave a comment on SoundCloud that I love this podcast. Here's my contest entry, whatever you want to say. Or this podcast sucks. Stop yeah. recording. Yeah, yeah. Hey, or, you can enter the contest even if you want to go on there and slam us. Just leave us a review. Yeah, even yeah. if you just want to go on and troll us, then it's and all good. And we'll send you some stuff. And we'll still send you stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's all you have to do. Um, so, yeah, for Twitter, at VGM Generations, uh, email uh, address is vgmgenerations at gmail.com. All very easy and obvious. Um, and then uh, any other thing to talk about? The only other thing I wanted to mention was uh, last night, in fact, I actually went and saw the uh, Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses. So it's very timely for my pick for this episode. But uh, The Master Quest. The Master Quest, yeah. it's called Ooh. now. And uh, yeah, it was really good. I went to the Calgary CPO. It was at uh, Jackson at this time. Um, and they actually played... Uh, the Triforce Heroes tunes, which we've all been playing together. <laughs> I, don't even know the, the, I don't even know the songs from that. But it's funny because it like, I, stand I, out. I, I wouldn't I just think hear, I did it either, but yeah. as soon as they started playing it, I was like, oh yeah, I know this music. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> just think and it any, was really good orchestrated. Just think of the sounds in the background of a McDonald's or an A&W. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, we're always playing at lunch at some fast food place. But yeah. yeah. And then you can just barely, I can just hear the screams as we throw each other off the cliff. Yeah. I, I yeah, can't hear right. the music. I can just hear the yelling. The yeah. sound effect. Yeah, but uh, no, the music was really good. It was a good <laughs> rendition. They did um, they did that. They did Link Between Worlds. Uh, and then they did all the classics. They did the Ocarinas. They did um, Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, Wind Waker. I love how they updated the uh, Link Between Worlds soundtrack from Link to the Past. Yeah, and they actually so did Link to the Past too. So they did cool. both. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. Did they do any Link's Awakening? Because that's the one that I always feel needs more love. Or even Oracle, the Oracle games. They didn't do any Oracle, but they did do Awakening. Ah. So, do you remember Awakening which is one? great music, but. I know. I okay. No. But, um, yeah, but it was all great. So, yeah, if you haven't seen that and it comes to your city, go check it out. It's, it's definitely worth it. It's, it's uh, right up there with all of my favorite video game concerts I've been to. Um, Calgary, in Calgary, we've had video game generator uh video games, <laughs> live. video games live uh we've had the play concert the play concert which was i think just that, that like was cpo that was that actually because video games thing. live is a traveling yeah. thing yeah play was a cpo specific thing yeah and then we have had symphony the, of the goddess symphony of the goddess the master and now it's called master yeah. quest and um symphony of the goddess is right up there for me oh it yeah might it's be my, my it's, favorite it is my favorite hands yeah. down I, I went to the original symphony of the goddess when it came here the first time i yeah, actually me too traveled yeah. to edmonton Oh, you went it. to go see it in Edmonton? Yeah, because it wasn't coming to Calgary the very first year. Oh, okay. So I saw so, it the first time yeah, in Calgary. The very, first, the very first year it came here, like a lot of concerts, it went to the province's capital, even though that place is a dump. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Edmonton <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Sorry, Edmonton listeners, if there but, is any. <laughs> we have none. But the thing is, like, all <laughs> these, these, concert, these tour promoters, these concert promoters, they just look at the map. Oh, it's the capital of Alberta. And they yeah. look because they see Edmonton. And then they go there and they realize it's a cold sort of wasteland where they, you never <laughs> should go. But and then this second time they come around, they realize they should go to Calgary, which is the uh, cultural moving metropolis. The, yeah, the cultural capital of Alberta. So you know, go there instead. Yeah, I'm just gonna. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Edmonton. We love you. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but no, um, might be my favorite. But I will say that the best, um, the best uh, concert I've ever been to was one of the Symphony of the Goddesses, and it was not this the last one I went to, but the one before that. Mm. So. Um, yeah, I went. It was almost exactly a year ago, and it was at uh, it was at um, Jubilee. Jubilee, not Jack Singer. Yeah, and 
Man, it was great. It was just the sound of that. Well, every time I went was was in the Jubilee. So, like, the Mm. first year I went was actually at the uh, Nate Jubilee. So, in Edmonton. The Northern Jubilee. Yeah, exactly. And then the the next time I went was at the Southern Jubilee. Yeah, the Southern Jubilee. So, here in Calgary. And then I didn't go this year, but I, I'm absolutely going to go. They change it up just enough, add and remove a few things here and there. That yeah. It's worth going multiple times. It's For absolutely. Sure. I need to know, because I've never gone, do they play anything obscure from the Zelda library? Like, or is it all the stuff you expect? You know what? There's there's a few things. I, I They actually did play something. I Was it from one of the oracles? I think. They I, did one year. They did some Oracle yeah, stuff. They did some Oracle stuff. So they they and dip in, but like that's, a, no, that's not the majority of it by any means. It's usually like here's the big themes, and here's like yeah, the yeah, stuff you know. Here's Hyrule and Field, and one, here's yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Hyrule Field is so good. <laughs> um, but uh, the one they have like this, um, they have this kind of like uh, what am I thinking of? Like uh, mashup kind of that they open with, and it's kind of got medley. Like, yeah. Medley, thank yeah. you. Uh, that they open with, and it's got a bunch of themes in it, and it's so good. It's yeah. so good. It's I think such a good medley. I'm not sure, but that may be the 25th anniversary medley. I think it is. That, yeah, I think you're right. That yeah. also came out on, I think it was the special edition of Skyward Sword, came with a soundtrack that had the 25th. Was it Skyward Sword? Or tw- no, it was Skyward Sword. I think it was Skyward, Skyward Sword, Sword yeah. that yeah. came okay. with a soundtrack that had the 25th anniversary of Zelda medley on it and yeah. that is an awesome medley i yeah, love that's it. a great soundtrack best, actually yeah. yeah if you just like zelda music just listen to that soundtrack and so good all day i've been pretty much listening to even though i was listening to my music on random it kept putting uh um zelda reorchestrated back into my playlist and i don't know if i've talked about zelda reorchestrated but there's this this group that took all like essentially every single zelda game and Reorchestrated it with actual instruments, kind of thing. So you know, get so all the full, old bleeps and bloops. You get the yeah, full thing. you get the full orchestrated version, and they did it for like every single game. Wow, that's cool. Exactly, and uh, especially the uh, Twilight Princess. Uh, there's also a Twilight Princess reorchestration that I think got a Kickstarter, where they actually hired a choir and they got studio space and they they recorded right. this whole album. Did and they get a, is, Did they get a wolf? For the intro. <laughs> and they brought a real wolf in the studio and they kept like poking him with a stick until he howled. So. You just they put like a big yeah. moon in the, yeah. Yeah. In the studio. <laughs> that would cool. be great. That's awesome though. Yeah, that's really cool. That's a, that's a, that's a good place to end. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that is it for this, uh, this series of, of boss themes, boss music. Boss battles. Boss battles. And uh, yeah, we'll have a whole new theme next month and we'll uh, hopefully announce the winner of the contest. So... Nobody won last time, so go out there. We've had, uh, <laughs> yeah, go out there and go we out there. We got so many win. entries, we couldn't read them all. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm all about the honesty, but uh, whether I should be or not, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, remember just hop on the uh, VGM Generations Twitter and uh, enter those contests, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.
What's up, everybody? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. What's up, everybody? <laughs> I didn't say anything. The timing was bang on. <laughs> and I, and I was looking at you. I wasn't <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, God. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That was funny.